Welcome back to the Joke Show here on the Dion Family Network, episode 185 on the eve of football. Yes, and our quickest turnaround in a podcast in a while. I guess it's starting to ramp up again. Yeah, we are we are in the football season. Today is going to be our final NFL preview. Uh, we're going to go over over-unders, do our wins draft, week one guess the lines, awards, playoffs. I have uh, I went through and predicted the entire season, so I got exact records for everyone wow. just so we can keep track and make fun of me at the end of the year. Uh, but we're actually going to start with a different, uh, because it's all football, I just, I wanted to open a little four pack of just some, some other stuff that's going on. Okay. Um, and I wanted to start with the FIBA World Cup. As of today, Canada advances to the semifinals the first time they will be competing for a medal at right. the World Cup, formerly the World Championship ever. That's impressive. Yeah, this team that they... I don't want to say missed out on Jamal Murray, but that would have been a pretty integral piece to their team. For sure. But Shea Gilgis-Alexander and the defensive first mindset of this team now has them in medal contention. Who's the head coach? That would be Jordy Fernandez. Was Nick Nurse the coach at one point? He was the okay. coach, and he's since stepped down. Right. Probably because he's not in Canada anymore. anymore. Correct. Um, it all, so after, I think, going... Into our last podcast, it was they had to beat Spain, and that was the biggest die. game in Canadian basketball history. I feel like that's not hyperbolic to say it's a chance to get into the quarterfinal and cl- clinch an Olympic bid. Right. It's like Switzerland in the World Juniors, like to win a game to get into the final eight for the first time or the final four. And one of the best basketball games i think i've ever seen in general the the international basketball especially that it's 40 minute games it makes it's the college the college, college feel. style it's the college feel in so terms they play of the four tens four tens okay with the the speed and the pace but then it's the smarts of veterans right especially all of these like the european countries specifically have been playing together for a decade for some right. of them right um so there's a lot of uh, I was gonna say similarity, but there's a lot of continuity with those teams, right? Like as on that Spanish team, seeing Rudy Fernandez, I don't know, like uh, not many people remember Rudy Fernandez in the NBA. He only played a couple years for like Portland, but he's been a team Spain staple since he was like 18. Wow, and I'm, he's how old is he now? 38, I think. Holy jumping! So and he has this like giant elbow brace, which I assume <laughs> like these guys. International, especially, it was interesting, Dan Schulman said that um, to some of these players, this is more important than the Olympics. This is more wow. special than the Olympics. Because huh. I can understand the whole, like, this being more important than the NBA to some of the guys. Right. More the international guys because they, I don't want to say, like, the U.S. doesn't care, but... Like, look at that U.S. team. They're in the semifinal and probably have the best shot at gold, and... They sent, like, their B team, right. C team. Yeah. And that's not to be mean to those guys, but, like, the team they could send if just everyone was healthy right. is Steph and LeBron yeah. and Kevin Durant and Anthony team. Davis. Yeah. And instead, it's a team where it just kind of makes sense where they have an alpha and Anthony Edwards, and then they just have a bunch of pieces that make sense, and it's a bunch of guys that seem like they're about to take that next leap into superstardom. I, I would love to know how 
the team that their team came together if all of those guys because they're around the same age probably said like let's go do this together like right. it had to me it would have had to have been a group effort to get everyone into it right and the same thing for canada of they have two staples kelly olenic who is is an nba player yeah not a he's a rotation yeah. bench guy yeah but on team canada he's their probably net third or fourth best player but he's like the the captain so you say of this team right but then Shea Gilgis Alexander steps on the court today in a game with Luka Doncic, and he's the best guy on the court. That's impressive. Like Luka, and it's funny that he's now so accustomed to the NBA because he is world class, not just as a basketball player, but world class complainer. <laughs> like he got he got a technical foul. I think I think he only had one, but also. In international, technical fouls just count as normal fouls. Okay. So, like, Dylan Brooks got kicked out of the game because he had a technical but only had, like, one foul throughout the first, like, two or three quarters. Okay. Um, and then he was standing in the tunnel with boxing gloves, Dylan Brooks. Wow. Just, you know, shadow boxing. So, that is – it's definitely the least, like, Canadian player out there, Dylan right. Brooks. But defensively, he was on Doncic's all game and – you can only stop someone like that for so long. And Shea was just the best guy on the floor. And then, then it was Luca. And then it was probably RJ Barrett, who if you're watching this as a Nick fan, you have to be thinking, all right, if he can play like this and international basketball is very different, but you have to imagine he's going to take some type of leap and gain some type of confidence being the second best guy on a team like this. Right. And it must be pretty special, pretty much for, you know, other than, you know some of the superstars there's very few superstars in this tournament right so for a lot of these guys like you said olenic olenic yep um like this guy yeah he's a rotational guy but now he's a, a star yep. on this team and if you look at the americans same thing like if this is the olympics like none of those kids are playing so like to them this is their their shining moment to represent their country because they probably would never come close to ever being able to do that yeah, if everybody wanted to play. Like, all right. the superstars wanted it, to play. It, exactly. It would Honestly, it would probably just be Anthony Edwards would be the guy, but he would be in that Anthony Davis 2012 Olympics role where you're the 13th guy, you're not going to play, but you're just there for the experience. Right. And and I'm sure with other countries, too, like, their, their superstars didn't go. Yeah, like, right. Luka's the biggest, probably, superstar yeah. from, from the NBA. Like, right. Jokic didn't play. Yeah, like, I'm just thinking, like, the Greek freak. He got hurt, right? Didn't didn't play. Like none of, none of those guys are playing that from other countries that I can think of. No, like even right. it's funny. The I remember I think it was a couple podcasts ago. I talked about the Embiid international free agency where he's from Cameroon. He has French citizenship, and I believe he also has an American citizenship, so he can play choose where he wants to play. Right. Um, and even uh, Paulo Bancaro, who's on the U.S. team, I think. I don't know if it's his family is from Spain or from uh, Italy, right? But there's some kind of tie where he chose to play for the U.S. over Italy, and then Italy was like, "This is so disrespectful, right. and how could he do this to us?" And it's, I mean, it would probably be cool. I, in my mind, if you have the opportunity to play for a worse team and kind of be the superstar of that team, right? But also, if like you were born in the U.S., like if it's like 
not distant relative. Like if your parents are born in Italy, but you're born in the U.S., right? You have more of a be, tie to yeah, the U.S. To the U.S. for sure. Uh, but now Canada plays Serbia at four. I think four thirty in the morning on uh, wow. on Friday, Thursday or Friday. Um, with the chance to go to the gold medal game, U.S. and Germany is on the other side, and this is just no matter what, like they're competing for a medal and this right. is like they're not that far off and come olympic time you'd have to imagine like shay is at this point barring injuries going to be on that team right jamal murray i would assume would want to be on that team going to the olympics right and that adds superstar let's adds another superstar power to this team right a but, team built on defense but then the americans will bring their dream team i would assume at least at least like the B team. Right. Like I don't know if like Durant or LeBron really? or Steph. I don't yeah. know if those guys want to do it anymore. Oh, okay. Durant, I would say maybe. Right. Again, I guess it depends. Like because Durant, I don't think Steph did 2016, but Durant went in 2016. Okay. So I'm sure they are. They're probably already putting together their group of who wants to go. Right. Uh, so that's that's the first part. First quarter of the of the four pack one fourth one fourth uh the second one is the pwhl which is in the middle of free agency the draft's coming up and i just think this is amazing for the sport that it's not just i don't know like before it kind of just felt like you're placing people not giving them that choice right like apparently a lot of the players want to be in the draft oh and but, it's, and what are the uh the regulations to be in the draft like, how old do you have to be? I was thinking about this. Right. Like, Sarah Fillier, I don't think, is going to be... Like, I think she graduates oh. from Princeton next year. Okay. So, I would imagine she's maybe in next year's draft. Right. Um, but so far, the six teams have almost filled up their spots completely. The only team that hasn't was New York. They signed uh, Alex Carpenter and Abby Roke. You, when you go through this, most of this is going to be Canada versus the U.S. Right. Most of the Canadians are going to stay in Canada. Most right. of the Americans are going to stay in the U.S. Right. Um, Boston signed Aaron Frankel, which Aaron spelled very interesting. That's A-E-R-I-N. Oh, okay. Uh, they also signed Hillary Knight, which is the the superstar of the sport still. Yeah. And uh, Megan Keller. I can't remember. I remember the name. Can't remember her specifically. Uh, Montreal, I think... Montreal or Toronto, I think, out of the three players that were signed, look the best. Montreal, Marie-Philippe Pelin, no surprise. Right. And Rene Debien and Lauren Stacy. Laura Stacy? Laura Stacy. So that's, again, that's the superstar from Canada and right. the number one goalie. Right. Um, Ottawa signed Emily Clark, Brianne Jenner, and Emron Mashmeyer. Mashmeyer? Yep. Um, Minnesota, Kendall Coyne-Schofield. Kelly Panic and Lee Steckline. Right. Again, it's all all, all of these are Americans going to American, American teams. teams. Huh. Interesting. Again, Montreal. I mean, Boston having Hillary Knight is the superstar, but to me, Toronto comes out of these three looking the best. Uh, Sarah Nurse, who apparently turned down more money from other teams, wow. wanting to play for Toronto. Blair Turnbull, my personal favorite, right. Team Canada, and Renata Fast. Right. So to me, out of those three, is I guess the best looking team in terms of talent, star power, right? 
and you never know who yeah we actually don't really know who's going to be in this draft yeah i think they know who the first pick is going to be because it's right, minnesota's pick yeah um outside of that though there's so much so much to be to be had with this league like we don't know any of the team names we know the gms i think but okay there's so many question marks with this although fun question marks of like right, good question marks yeah like what is what is the plan like where are these teams playing like right i want to know where toronto's playing where do i have to go to watch these games right which i'm i will definitely be i whatever toronto do you think they should like match it not to the nhl teams necessarily but to the city like like if montreal's like the canadiens instead of oh like, right yeah yeah i guess they could it depends on i think how much input the nhl is going to have in this and it seems like it's they're kind of keeping their distance at this point but yeah i, I think eventually like we i talked about this with you off air like i think eventually it would be great to have saturday night, night doubleheader right ottawa toronto it's the women's at four and then the leafs and senators at seven yeah right like that's the way to promote the league i think that would have to be the goal like uh, maybe not necessarily the, the goal for i think for the nhl that should be their goal right is to have not just uh a part uh a connection a part a legitimate partnership or it yeah. doesn't have to be the nwhl like right. like the wnba right nwhl wnhl yeah wait that one i don't know sense. what they're gonna call it um but i think for the nhl this is your this is your chance to get on the bandwagon early and right. really support yeah and I think it, you could see it like Tim Stutzla from the Senators is already following the PWHL Ottawa account. I think you're going to see those players, like, obviously in the cities. I think there's going to be a lot of support for this. Right. I think this is the best case scenario right now for women's hockey. Yeah. Um, our third third item, the U.S. Open, which I have to say, I, I usually teeter in and out of of tennis tournaments but i i can't stop watching these games these matches are incredible the sinners verev i was like oh you know i'll i'll watch a little bit of it and yeah. then it's 12 45 one o'clock in the morning and you're like well, i can't not watch it now going right. into the fourth set right and both of them are falling apart sinner has like a terrible like cramp and he can't walk and I love Zverev is not my favorite, but I liked yeah. him going over to check on him, even if it's just a quick like, "You good? You okay?" Right. right. While he's walk while on a changeover, it just that to me was one of the best matches I've ever seen at the U.S. Open specifically. Right. And um, the Djokovic scare, which I think was the day after we recorded last time, where he drops the first two sets to yeah. a countryman. Right. And then. We're kind of just lead walking into the Djokovic Alcaraz final. It's leaning that way, I think, more so with the fact that Sinner lost. Because I think if anyone could have beat Alcaraz on his side, Sinner was the guy. And I'm just kind of disappointed because I wanted to see that match because that was the best match of the tournament last year. But should be a good one with Zverev and uh, Alcaraz. I believe that's on tonight. Dex, I was watching uh, the Russian, or I guess they're not Russians. No, the blanks. The blanks battle Medvedev and Rublev. The athletes of... <laughs> the tennis athlete athletes from the country... <laughs> formerly known as the Soviet <laughs> Union. Um, so, no, I don't know. Watching watching Medvedev, like, 
I feel like people forgot that two years ago he, he was he was the guy, the champion. He was the maybe not the Alcaraz level, but he was pretty untouchable. Yeah, I would say that's that's the guy I would be concerned about because he's on Alcaraz's side. I'm pretty sure. I want to say. Um, I'm not sure to be honest with you. you you're probably right. I'm gonna pull up. Pull but up I'm the not. Draw. I'm not a hundred percent sure. U.S. Open men's draw. Because that's personally the guy that I would. Uh, yeah. Because um, okay. Uh, was that oh yesterday? Oh, uh, I actually didn't even know that the Tiafo Shelton. Oh right. I watched him beat. Watched Shelton beat Tommy Paul. Right. So I was like, oh, this guy. This guy's got something. Some game. Didn't even. Did you watch Shelton Tiafo? No. Then I will. No, you can tell me. It's, uh, I'm it's not gonna. Shelton won. Really? Four sets over wow. over Tiafo setting up an American making the semifinal. I guess Tiafo made it to what the final last year? Semifinal. Semifinal. Yeah. So. Lost to Alcaraz. Yeah, I I just the the Djokovic Alcaraz trilogy in a in a right. major final would right. be pretty cool. Yeah, what was the Australian Open final? Oh, uh, that's a good question. That was so long ago now. <laughs> uh Alcaraz didn't play. Was it uh, Nadal and Djokovic? Uh, let's go to January. Wow. Djokovic uh, beat Tsitsipas. Oh, that's right. I'm trying to s- Was Nadal, did he even play this year? I thought he played the o- Australian Open, and but maybe he didn't. Yeah, I'm not seeing. I'm on, yeah. Unless he lost in like the first round. Oh, I think he lost to McDonald. The Australian Open, now that you say that. Um, oh, yeah, because he lost to uh, Nishioka, which is not Nishikori, not a no. racist statement. Just nope, just a similar, similar names. names. Yeah. Um, and they look similar, but not exactly. <laughs> no. Once we saw them, it's like, no, they do not look right. the same. One's a righty, one's a lefty. Oh, yeah, straight sets. That was the number one seed in that. Yeah. And now, not until not until next year. Uh, women's side still, still Coco. No. Yeah. She just, yeah. She's going to be tough to beat. Um, yeah. Especially no, just, no Shvatek lost to Ostapenko yeah. who just has her number. Four. No. Yeah. Hasn't lost to her. Um, like I, I guess it'll be interesting to watch Madison keys tonight because she's got, she's always had game, but she just can't seem to put it together. But, yeah, I really, at this point now, like, with the number one player gone, I, I, Sabalenka maybe, but I just think Coco's got, it just seems to be your year for some reason. That Sabalenka seems like the best option just in terms of, like, she reminds me of Petra Kvitova specifically at Wimbledon where she just overpowers everyone. Yeah. And that's yeah. just her, not that she doesn't have, like, touch or anything, no, but, that's but that's your her strategy. Game, for sure. Um, uh, Djokovic Alcaraz, do you do you lean one way or the other? Not really. It's so close. Um, yeah, you know, like they've other than the French Open that you know Alcaraz was winning and playing well until he got hurt basically because he overhyped himself. But he figured that out and won his least favorite surface, and he's the defending champion. 
So I don't, I you know, of course I'm going to chill for Alcaraz, but it could go either. I I I'd be surprised if it doesn't go five. Hmm. Yeah. And our last part, uh, the MLB wild card race, which I have to say, going into the stretch run is definitely the what to look forward to with baseball. Obviously, it's going to get overshadowed with football, but right. This is something, especially next week. Texas comes to Toronto, and that's the last pick. It's going to be the last wild card spot because the Jays are a half game up now. I don't know. I'm assuming Texas has the half game in hand. They do. So they'll probably play that and win it and then yeah here's your four game series and it's almost like a mini playoff this is as close as we're going to get to a one game playoff uh like tampa bay right now they're 84 and 55 they're three games back of baltimore they're sitting pretty well i wouldn't say they're sitting pretty i, I in the wild told, card i would have told you that in may but now they're like who would have thought that they're going to get a wild card spot but they're yeah like they're probably the best wild card team in baseball and then uh, Houston just took over the lead from Seattle in the division. They're 79 and 61. You knew that was coming. It was just a matter of time, right? Seattle had to cool down. Houston had yes. to heat up. Yeah. Uh, Seattle, 77 and 61. So it's something that even the second wild card spot, the second and third spot are still up in the air. Right. Like uh, Toronto, 77 and 62. So they have Seattle has a game in hand and they're ahead of them. And then Texas, like we said, half game back, 76 right. and 62. So it's the that four-game series really will. Will determine, yeah. Because, yeah, even though Seattle is is close with the Blue Jays, I just don't I don't see them falling off a cliff at this point. Yeah, not at this point. Uh, NL side, Philadelphia. Again, you want to say these teams. Philly is the team that you should feel the most secure about, but this – these wild card races are tight. They're seventy six yeah. and fifty two. The Cubs are right behind seventy five and sixty four. Even the Cubs are two games back at the Brewers. Right. So we could see the Brewers fall back into this race. Like right. the NL Central is definitely still up in the air. Even though Cincinnati is two games back of the Cubs at seventy three and sixty eight, I kind of feel like they're not the division winner. Right. In my mind. Yeah. But if Milwaukee falls back into this race then that's a, that's a scary thought with Miami who they're they're clinging they're right. holding on for dear life above 500 Arizona and San Francisco yeah all those teams are chasing you but are you really that like i wouldn't be that scared of those teams behind no. me yeah unless you're going to go on a 10 game run or something that's the only way you can really when you're that far back get back in the race so that will be fun to look forward to in the fall but no i'm surprised september 1st isn't the fall that's a very random thought but to me that's just when fall starts although it's like over 30 degrees still <laughs> yeah, it's still middle of july outside but uh which leads us into the nfl our final nfl preview how do you feel going into that first game because it's always a weird one yes yeah. it's a little sloppy a little preseason. Is it like I didn't look at the over under, but it it feels like an over type of game, right? Yeah, I would I would think it's gonna be a sling em. who who has the ball last type of game. I I would think. Um, all right, we're gonna start with the over unders for every team. Uh, the all odds and all guess the lines, all that stuff is uh, 
coming courtesy of FanDuel, not a sp- partnership, but that's just the But app. you could be if you wanted to. Yeah, FanDuel, FanDuel if you're if interested. You're interested. Yep. Because yep. we're customers. Very loyal customers. Yeah. I'm waiting to bet the, the Chiefs right now. They're uh, plus 54 and a half, thanks to, thanks to FanDuel. Okay. Um, we're going to start in the AFC East. We have the Buffalo Bills at over under 10 and a half wins. Over. Yeah, to me, that's a pretty... Pretty easy over. If it's 11, 11 wins, that's a regression from last year. Right. I think they go 12 and 5 would be my guess. I have them at 13 and 4. Okay. Uh, next, we have uh, America's Darling New York Jets at over under 9.5. Well, I, I already told you what the record was going to be. They're going to be 9 and 8. So a, a slight a slight under? Yeah. Um. The funny thing is, when I went through the season, I had the AFC just dominating the NFC to the point where the ten win. I have the ten win Jets missing the playoffs, I, and I have the nine and eight Jets missing the playoffs. So that'll be uh, a tight race there. We also have yeah. the Miami Dolphins at over under nine and a half. I would say over. I think that's a playoff team ten and seven. I also have them at ten and seven, but I could see. Again, they're a Tua injury away. Yeah, they're... from all of a sudden, yeah, they finish 6-11 and 11 or something. Or I could see them going the other way, too, battling Buffalo for the division crown. The big uh, the big Jalen Ramsey hole. I wondered, I mean, yeah. you didn't have him last year, so I guess it's right. not really it's not, a hole yeah. yet. Yeah. Uh, then finally we have the New England Patriots at over under 7.5. Oh, I, I think they win seven, so I'll take the under. I think they go seven and ten. I also also had seven. So the only disagreement we had was the Jets. Right. Uh, to the AFC North, we have the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, fully ready for the season opener, over under 11 and a half. Ooh, I look at them at 13 and four. I also have them at thirteen and four. There's a lot of a lot of agreement, which is either going to be really good or really bad. We must have read the same magazine or something. <laughs> uh, next, we have the Baltimore Ravens at ten and a half. Yeah, I'll take them as an eleven and sixteen. Another over. I'll take the over. Twelve and five. That's what I have them at. A twelve and five six seed, which is definitely not going to happen. But right. just how the season shook out. Uh, we have the Cleveland Browns over under nine and a half. Ooh, I'll take the under there. I think they either go nine and eight or eight and nine. That seems which is an improvement for them because what did they go last year? They must have went four and thirteen or five and twelve, something like that. Right? Like it's Watson the... will have a full year of training camp, and you'll see he'll be fun to watch again. All of a sudden, we'll start forgetting about his masseuse appointments. Um, I actually had them at the exact same record as Baltimore at twelve oh, and five. Really? I think Cleveland, especially wow. their their defense, there's gonna be a Nick Chubb piece to this at, at one point. I just okay. think I I really like this Browns team. Gotcha. And then finally we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, the best division in football at this point. Over under eight and a half. Fourth place team I'll over take, under eight I'll and a half. I'll take the under. I think they go five and twelve. I think they we talked about that. I think they falter with a sophomore jinx with the quarterback. And I don't think the their defense was solid last year. Are they going to be as good as they were last year? I don't know. And I don't think their offense, they got a quarter, uh, quarterback. They have a good coach, but 
again, last year I didn't think they were going to win four games because they won a few games they really shouldn't have last year. Yeah, they won. They finished seven and eleven, seven and ten. I can't remember. Like, did they not? I thought they finished over five hundred last oh yeah? year. Oh, they had a tie. I think. I think too, right? they must have been like eight, eight, eight and one. one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now to the AFC South. Oh wait, did I say? I also have them under seven and okay. ten. Okay. Uh, next, the AFC South. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars at over under nine and a half. I think I like them over. This it's kind of a. I would have said, uh, I was thinking under, but yeah, I think they're going to, they're, they're not going to regress. I think they're, they're a proven winner now. I think they're teetering, teetering on that line. And if I have to bet one way, I would go over, but yeah. I think if they're over, it's 10. Yeah. I, I was exactly what I was going to say. They'll be 10 and seven because they got six games against their, just their division alone should get them six wins. Uh, here actually, I had them at twelve and five, but I think there's going to be more balance throughout the AFC and NFC than it looks on paper. Right. Uh, so you said also said over. Uh, over. It's uh, slight ten and seven. Ten and is seven. what I got them at. Uh, next we have the Tennessee Titans at over under seven and a half. I'll take them over. I think they go eight and nine. I had them under at five and twelve, but I feel like that's that is. A disrespectful move to Mike Vrabel, but I just wonder if this is the year. Usually he brings them up, but I wonder if this is the year that he just he can't save them. Right. Uh, last two, both Indianapolis and Houston at over under six and a half. I like both of those under. I love this Texans team. Like to me, they're like I was thinking like D'Amico Ryan's coach of the year. I do have C.J. Stroud in something like. I like this team, but looking at their schedule, same with Indianapolis, they're just there isn't really six wins as opposed to seven. Right, and, and to me, if if I would, if I'm cheering for the Colts and the Texans, to me, there's two teams that are have losing records this year, but I think they're two teams going in opposite directions. Like I think the Texans are an up and coming team. I think the Colts are going to get worse. Yeah, like the Anthony Richardson experience is def. It'll probably be fun to watch, but what yeah, are be a lot of mistakes and growing pains? Exci- yeah, being exciting. They might be the Atlanta Falcons of of the NFL this year. How do they? How do they lose? How do they manage? To lose? Exactly. Uh, the AFC West. We have the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs at over under eleven and a half. Oh, I'll take the over there. I think they might go fourteen and three. That's what, that's what I have them at. I just think, look at their receiver, and I know the receiver room. I I would be more concerned about Chris Jones whether or not he's playing. Right. I'm sure that Nick Nick Bosa signing today makes some sort of a difference. Yeah. That it kind of sets the market of where how much does Kansas City have to pay this guy? Right. Um. I would say that's more of a concern than the receivers because what they have are unproven playmakers like sky Moore and Kadarius tony justin ross like justin justin watson i think is his name obviously they have travis kelsey they just kind of they have weapons that aren't household names anymore right. they just plug and play right they're kind of like the old new england patriots who just picked up guys that fit their system and they, that's what they did last year and again looking at their division there should be five wins at least right off the bat that I can see. 
Yeah. I can see them maybe splitting with the Chargers. That's the only competitive team I can see w- with the Chiefs in that division. Uh, speaking of those Chargers, we have them at over under nine and a half. I'll take the over. I think they'll go ten and seven. I actually, this again, this is how top heavy I have the AFC. I have them at thirteen wins. Wow. I think again, I'm the one who posed the question: Are we sure they don't have some hangover from that playoff loss? Right. I just think Justin Herbert. I think this is his. Not that no one, not that he's an unknown, but I think this right. is the year he really takes off. Okay. Uh, next, we have the Denver Broncos at over under eight and a half. I'll take the under there. I think they win four games. Uh, I think uh, I had them at five. I'm. Yeah. I don't know if I love Sean Payton already criticizing his quarterback about yeah. kissing it's, babies and you're not a politician. Yeah, it like this is just I don't know a match made in hell with <laughs> these two guys, and this might be the end of uh, Russell Wilson in Denver. Like, and I because I think Payton's gonna realize i need my kind of drew Brees style quarterback here pocket passer and that's not what wilson is now and their defense as good as it can be you have to imagine there's yeah. some type of regression yeah they were really good last year and yeah i don't think they'll be as good this year the one to me the constant of that team now is patrick sertan which is kind of crazy to say a third year guy is the leader on that defense but right to me, he's getting to, like, not Darrell Rivas territory, maybe, like, Richard Sherman territory, where it's just, like, he has his side of the field, and he might move around, but just just don't throw to him. Right. Because he's going to make you pay. Yeah. The same with uh, Gardner and with the Jets. Just don't throw at him, and you'll be fine. Right. Uh, finally, in the AFC, we have the Las Vegas Raiders at over under six and a half wins. I'll take the under again. They may go three and fourteen. They're going to battle with Denver. <laughs> um, I even I have them even worse, two and fifteen. Wow. I think the the Josh Jacobs signing is a good, obviously a good move. It was the best running back in the league last year. Yeah. Do we do we think he's doing it again? I don't think he's doing that no. again. No. And now it's Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. instead of Derek Carr. As weird right. as it sounds, it is not the steepest drop-off, right. but it it's is a, a regression. Off. Yeah. To the NFC, first in the East, we have the defending Super Bowl loser, Philadelphia <gasps> Eagles, at over under 11.5. I'll take the over there. That, that's man, nothing else? Just yeah, yeah, I think they'll probably go 13-4. and four. 12 and 5. I feel like usually with Super Bowl losers, like I think the Chiefs, or the Chiefs, the Bengals had some sort of hangover last year from losing. Right. I don't think, like, when they're talking about Super Bowl losing teams, when has a team been this talented after losing the Super Bowl? I feel like usually those teams kind of get torn apart. Yeah. Like this team did, but just in the coaching staff, they didn't get torn apart really in their roster. Yeah, like they lost, like Hargrave went to the 49ers. I think their secondary, like their safeties are tweaked a little bit. But you still have that core. That offensive line's the same. That offense is the same. And they add Jalen Carter, who has to be the steal of the draft, on a defensive line that already has like a rotation in place where like the backups are most, would be starters on most teams. Yeah. And I think Hurts will be better. Like it's not a so- it's not a sophomore. Now he's third, third or fourth year, yeah. right? So like I think he'll be well in intact there. 
next we have the Dallas Cowboys that I'm going to say a disrespectful nine and a half. This wow. team's won 12 games the last three years. Yeah, I'll take I'll take the over. I think they win 11. I'll get them at 11 and six. Yeah, same here. I think, again, it's a overqualified wildcard team because at this point they're not better than the Eagles. But right. They're better than some of the other division winners. Like their defense got better? Yeah. Like, and they had a good defense. It was yeah, it's already one of the best in the yeah. the best I would say before the Nick Bosa thing was cleared up, I think Micah Parsons was on paper the best defensive player in football. Right. Yeah. Like it's again not it's not hyperbolic to say he's again like Lawrence Taylor. He's right. not Lawrence Taylor. No one will ever be no. that kind of athlete again. Right. Especially now that Parsons, you're just a, you're not a linebacker anymore. You're just rushing the passer. Yeah. Like that's what his job is. Yeah. Nine and a half is, is, is low. The only question mark I really have is Tony Pollard. Can he be the number one running back? Like I know he was last year, but Zeke was still there. Now he is the guy. There's nobody else there. The, the guy behind you really... is like five foot four. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no – I think that's the thing they kind of do. Like, I wonder midseason if there's some Leonard Fournette, some kind of signing to get a bruising yeah, back in there. Yeah, exactly. Because, I, yeah, I would think a veteran, a good veteran in there would help them. And you're right. Maybe that's what they do. Uh, next we have the New York football Giants at over under 7.5. Now, that's a little disrespectful, too. Like, yeah, I think they win eight. I think they can go. They'll go eight and nine because I just think Jones will regress a little bit as a quarterback, but Barkley will probably be better. Their defense, again, I would say is probably going to regress, and they were really good last year. Yeah, and eight wins is a regression, but eight wins is still competing for a playoff yeah, spot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I also, I also have them over. I think. Dable as a coach. The one thing I guess you could say, I don't know if coaches can have sophomore slumps, but that would be right. if Dable is the same as he was last year, then yeah. eight wins kind of feels like the floor yeah, as opposed to the ceiling. Uh, finally, NFC East, we have the Washington for now commanders. Right. Uh, what's their over under? Six and a half. I'll take the under. I think they go five and 12. Especially when, like, Ron Rivera's talking about how Sam Howell should have been the starter sooner. I don't know if that makes me feel better about this team. Right. And, like, they didn't pick up the fifth-year op- option on Chase Young, yeah. so they don't believe in him. Right. There's just a lot of – although they cleared up ownership, there's just too, the too many question marks. Yeah, exactly. The ownership thing is settled, but that's just the beginning to me. This is a team that's, I think, going to drop before they get better and, that- and change their name <laughs> yeah. again. Uh, I have them at four and thirteen, especially because I just think in this division you're gonna get beat up. Yeah, you you won your Super Bowl by beating Baltimore in the final preseason game. <laughs> uh, to the NFC North, we have the Detroit Lions at over under nine and a half. I'll take them over. I think they'll win ten. Nah, you know what? No, they'll probably win eleven. I say they'll go eleven and six, which will be good enough for the division i also have them at 11 and 6 but that is that for me is not enough to win the division this year no uh because i have the minnesota vikings who's over under is at eight and a half oh i'll take the over outside of outside of uh, new york and dallas that's a that's a disrespectful yeah i agree i think they go 10 and 7 like i i 
have like I've struggled between it's 12 or 13 for me. Okay. I would say I landed on 12 because that has them a game above the Lions right. in my in my number. I just think eight and a half for a team like they bring in Brian Flores, who is a good defensive coordinator. That was their biggest problem. That's why they were down 33 points. Yeah. The running back, sure, that's a question mark with yep. Madison and no more Dalvin Cook. But Kirk Cousins, as much as he's not a prime time or playoff guy, in the regular season, he's still solid. That's true. Yep. So I also have them over. Uh, we have the Green Bay Packers at over under seven and a half. I'll take the under. I think they'll win seven. I Again, listening to Bill Simmons and Cousins out there, well, I don't know if if it was just Bill that's like in on the Packers. Like I think Love will do fine, but again, he's a rookie. Like I know he's been in the league for what, three years now? Yeah, they still is... really this is his breakout rookie season. So he probably will play well. I I that doesn't wouldn't surprise me because he's gonna have the experience of three years in the NFL, but no playing experience. So I think that'll help him a little bit more than, you know, some of the rookies that are just coming in here and away you go. Yeah. But, again, what about the rest of the team? I don't know. Like, their defense will be fine. Yeah, the running they're backs always okay. Are okay. But then, yeah. like, your wide receivers. That, to me, is like, so Christian Watson, that's yeah. that's going to be your guy. That's or your, Tanyan. Yeah. Right. You, they sure. lost um, – oh, no, wait, he already – I was going to say Jamal Williams, but he had already left to Detroit, who left Detroit. Uh, lastly in the division, we have the Chicago Bears also over under at 7.5. Uh, I'll take the under. I think they'll probably go 7-11. and 11. Or 7-10, and 10, sorry. Uh, this will has <laughs> extra game. Yeah, they play, play an all, extra game. Play yeah. all eighteen. Yeah. Um, this is to me the su- surprise team of this year. I have, I have them going nine and eight and making the playoffs. Wow. I think this is a, a Justin Fields leap with a number one ride wide receiver. The running game's already fine. I think their defense. I think just everything seems like it's trending in the right direction. Right. Obviously, that could be destroyed week one if they lose to the Packers. Yeah. Um. We go to the NFC South, the New Orleans Saints at over under nine and a half. I'll take the under. I think they go eight and nine. They To me, uh, it was either the Bears or the Saints for that last playoff spot. Right. Um, also, you said eight? Yeah. Eight wins. I think that's – they're going to hover between eight and nine wins, yeah. which is going to contend the for the division. Uh, yes, and a wild card spot. Uh, next, we have the Atlanta Falcons at over under eight and a half. I'll take the over there. I think they might be the surprise team. I think they go ten and seven. Ten and seven with a division division yeah, win. Division win. Yeah. I can't believe I'm going to say these words, but I also have the Falcons wow. winning the division. The Desmond Ritter part, the argue like I went back and forth of like, I'm, am I sure Desmond Ritter is going to be better than Derek Carr? And then I thought about it. He doesn't have to be. He's a game manager. He's going to hand the ball off. It's going to probably suck for people playing fantasy with the yeah. Falcons because they don't care about your fantasy. They're no. just going to try to win games. Win game. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be like the teams the last few years where, like, how do they find a way to lose? I just, yeah, I have a feeling they're just going to play games and it's it's going to be, I don't want to say boring, but they're just going to, you know, it'll just be good games. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's just it's not going to be as entertaining as 
they normally are, and I don't mean that as like that they're winning games because they lost a lot of those games, but they did win a few too. I just don't think it's going to come down to that anymore with them. They've they've kind of got. I think they've got it figured out. Like you said, they got a game manager now, so he's not going to be risky. So he's not going to throw up those, you know, eighty-yard bombs to win or lose a game. Uh, next to have the Carolina Panthers at over under seven and a half. I'll take the under there. I think their defense is good enough to win them five games, but that's it. Five and twelve, I got them at. Um, I also also have them under. I have them at six and eleven. So I think anywhere from like four to six wins makes sense for that yeah, team. Yeah, and they have is it Baker? Who's the quarterback there? Bryce Young. Oh right, Bryce Young. So a a kid that's gonna go and not to be punny here, but he's gonna go through growing growing pains. Yes, and he's also very small. Uh, Baker Mayfield though is the quarterback, the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, that's unfortunate. Who's over under is six and a half. I'll take the under there. I think they go four and thirteen. This might be dramatic. I I had them at two wins wow. because I think they're just going to trade everyone. Mike yeah. Evans is not going to sign out. an extension. Yeah, he wants out. You can see him gone by the trade deadline. Like just how how it's more like my over under would be like how many guys do they trade? Yeah, like six and a half. I would say it probably maybe a slight under. Right. In my own line that I just said. Uh, <laughs> same as the do they have more wins or traded players? Right. Might be the question this yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, next up, we go to the NFC West, the San Francisco 49ers at over under 10 and a half. Oh, I'll take the over there. I think they'll go 12 and five. This may not make sense, but I think they're the one seed. I, the Purdy part is definitely, he's a game manager again. Yeah. Like how, but obviously if you won the, like, it wasn't like he was handed here you are, you're the starting quarterback for the 49ers. He had to win the battle. Yeah. Right, so he had to win out with three guys too. It wasn't just like him and Love, yeah. or, uh, not Love, sorry, uh, Lance. Lance. Um, so yeah, he le- legitimately won the battle. And there was just there was so much talent on that team, especially now that we know Nick Bosa signed that contract. He's going to be playing. Right, that was their biggest question mark outside yeah. of Purdy. Now it's. You you know what this team is. You know what Kyle Shanahan does with his offense. It's right. kind of the especially in this division, like no one no one's competing with them. No, it kind of feels like the Jacksonville Jaguars division. Uh the second possible second place team, the Seattle Seahawks at over under eight and a half. I'll take the under there. Yeah, I think they they fall back and yeah, I think this is where San Fran it almost might feel like uh, a baseball season where after tw- week 12, they can start resting guys because they'll have already clinched the division. So, yeah, I got Seattle at 6 and 11. Uh, I have, again, the regression at 8 and 9. There's okay. just the, the slight under. I think it's still a good, talented team, but if all of those pieces are going to fall in place again. Right. I just, and we thought they were going to go 1-16 in 16 the year before, not win a game. Yeah, the only reason, like last year I picked them last in the wins draft just because I didn't want poor Atlanta to go last. Right. And then they ended up winning like nine games or something. Yeah, made the playoffs. Uh, next up we have the Los Angeles Rams at over under six and a half, which uh, gave Sean McVay a reaction of just, oh. 
because he probably doesn't know what to do. Yeah. The, the, I'll take the under here. I think they go 4-13. and 13. Um, Do we think out of Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald, who do we think has the best chance of making it through the season? Oh, that's a good question. I'll go with Cooper Cup because they might not be able to throw the ball to him very much. I wonder if he's – like, I don't think they would trade him, but – Yeah, you never know, right? This that NFL is so different. Yeah, it's not like a – that would be a huge trade deadline though, right? Like, if they traded – someone traded for Donald, that would be huge. That might put a team out like San Fran or – Buffalo. Buffalo, yep, over the top. Uh. I had them. I have them at two and fifteen. I think they're a sneaky. They might be the worst team. Like yeah, actually, especially right. if those three guys, if they make it through the season, they'll yeah. be more competitive. But right. what are the, what are the chances, chances that, that happens? Play, yeah. Like I think there might be a better chance that um, like Donald retires like during right. the season. Right. If they're just that bad, and he's like, "What's the point of?" <laughs> unless again, unless they trade him. Yeah. Um, our final team, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, at over under four and a half. Oh, I'll take the under. Yeah, I think they're a two and fifteen team. It, uh, for me, it's the Rams and Cardinals are going to be battling, battling for that for number, number one, one pick that the Rams probably don't have. Right. It's probably the Broncos pick. Oh, right. Uh, so I wonder if they play each other Broncos. late in the year, that, where that that game will come down to the <laughs> loser gets the number one pick. Lions. That's a, probably the Lions pick. Okay. Um, yeah, the Cardinals, it's just like, what do you have? Like, J.J. Watt's gone. Kyler Murray's probably not playing. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is gone. They got a new head coach, so it's a new system. Like, it just, yeah, there's just too way too many question marks all over. Especially when we're going to have to play the game on Sunday of who's their starting quarterback? Oh, it's the guy that wants to work for NASA, Josh Dobbs. Yeah. <laughs> or another rookie that I can't even remember his name. Yeah. Like, the Cardinals are so bad that... Uh, Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback, might be staying in school to avoid the Cardinals. Right. I mean, that'd be pr- if the Rams, or I guess it wouldn't be the Rams. Like, I don't know what the Rams rebuild looks like, but it doesn't, it doesn't like, they don't draft Caleb Williams and go, all right, we're good. Yeah. Like that rebuild, that quickly. it's going to take way longer. Yeah. Because they mortgaged everything for a Super yeah. Bowl, which That's they right. won. Right. Which we talked about. Uh, all right, those are our over-unders. Uh, let's go through the awards, the major awards. We're going to start with probably the easiest one and the one that I have put a very small wager on, Comeback Player of the Year. Oh. DeMar Hamlin is minus 350. If he is on the field playing football... He wins automatically. That is why he's minus 350. Yeah, he still win. He's still alive, for God's sakes. Yeah, he's, he's the real... His, yeah, his life is, is the winner. Yeah. Um, other guys that I still wanted to mention, John Mechie and Tua are both plus 2,000. Tua, obviously, if he has like he, an MVP season. Yeah, or if he makes it through the season without a concussion, that's a huge win. And John Mechie is coming back from cancer or leukemia. Something that held him out. Right. It is the same thing. I don't know why I thought. I feel like when I heard it, I thought it was they said leukemia. Um, then we also have Brees Hall, Lamar Jackson, and Russell Wilson at plus 2,500. What's Russ coming back from? Being bad? Yeah. Lamar got hurt last year. Brees Hall tore his ACL. Like, those make sense. Why is right. Russ there? Right. This makes sense. Uh, Cooper Cup plus 3,000. If he makes it through the year. If right. he's like a 2,000-yard receiver, 
then yeah it's all of it pales in comparison to a man that literally died on the field yes agreed uh, also again some of these like calvin ridley is on this list coming back from his gambling for, suspension yeah it's like hey, come uh, on javante williams that makes sense he got hurt stafford that makes sense tj watt that made sense odell beckham that made sense yeah jonathan taylor's also here maybe it's a comeback from being on the colts yeah playing on another team uh again buffalo you want to make a super bowl move right jonathan it's taylor right there for you uh, next, we have the defensive rookie of the year. Uh, our favorite at plus 430, Will Anderson, the defensive lineman from Houston. Not really much of a surprise there. Right. Uh, we also have Jalen Carter from the Eagles, plus 550. Tyree Wilson, plus 1100. Christian Gonzalez, plus 1400. Emmanuel Forbes, Jack Campbell didn't put their odds for some reason. Uh, and then the sneaky one I would say is Nolan Smith linebacker from the Eagles plus 2000. Any, mm. any of those jump out outside of the favorite? Not really. No, I would, I picked Jalen Carter plus five fifty is second best odds, but I just think in that Eagles rotation, I just think he's, he's a very massive man that I wanted the Falcons to draft <laughs> instead. They drafted, uh, the running back that is the favorite for offensive rookie of the year, Bijan Robinson plus 300. Mm. Not much of a surprise. I mean, these are also you're getting pretty good odds if you're betting before the season starts. Right. Uh, Bryce Young plus four fifty. Anthony Richardson plus seven hundred. I think Jameer Gibbs is the fascinating one, the running back from Detroit, because you're going to see him opening night, and I think either way, he's plus nine hundred. I think those odds are going to shift dramatically after that first game. Right. I don't know if it's going to go up or down, but everyone's going to watch him and analyze his game to death. And then we also have C.J. Stroud, plus 1,000. And then Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, plus 2,500. Again, anyone outside the favorite? Yeah, not really. I went, I went with C.J. Stroud. Again, I just like the Texans. So okay. that's most of these picks that I made were just because I like one of, one of the guys. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year, Micah Parsons, the favorite, plus 450. Actually... I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna look right now because I bet these odds have changed. I did this before okay. Bosa signed, signed his contract. Uh, Micah plus four fifty, Miles Garrett plus six hundred, T.J. Watt plus eighteen hundred or plus eight hundred, Nick Bosa plus twelve hundred, Sauce Gardner, Aaron Donald plus two thousand, Chris Jones, Max Crosby plus twenty five hundred. How about the other Bosa? Yeah, no love for Joey. Yeah. Just all, all about Nick. Wow. I wonder, okay, before I look, do you think Nick Bosa is the odds-on favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year since he signed his contract? Yes. All right. I would not disagree with that because it's a pretty, pretty dominant defensive player. All right, season awards, coach of the year, offensive player. Oh, Nick Bosa still, I'm going to do this live on the podcast. $5 to win 60 bucks. There you go. Nick Bosa, Defensive Player of the Year, still plus 1,200. Yeah, that's pretty good. Take, Take it now. Take it now. Um, I, oh, I thought you were about to do it, too. Um, originally, I said Max Crosby, and then I remembered I thought the Raiders were going to be really bad, so it didn't really make sense. Right. Now, all the value is Nick Bosa. Plus 1,200 for a guy yeah. that presumably is going to play now. Yeah. It's got his contract signed. I'd also say, like, if you trust the Steelers' defense, T.J. Watt plus 800 yeah. is coming back. Um, offensive player of the year is 
almost impossible to guess. Like these yeah. these odds are insane. So Jamar Chase is the favorite at plus eleven hundred. Then we have Christian McCaffrey and Justin Jefferson plus fourteen hundred. We have Nick Chubb plus eighteen hundred. Tyreek Hill plus two thousand. Lamar plus twenty two hundred. Uh, Garrett Wilson has the same odds as Patrick Mahomes. Really? Plus 2,500. And then wow. just to throw it out there, Justin Fields plus 2,800. Wow. Just if you really want to take a flyer. The the fact that like Josh Allen is a lot lower on this list. Right. The fact that Garrett Wilson is that high. Yeah. Like I know, again, watching Hard Knocks, him and Rodgers definitely have a connection. But yeah, yeah. That's, that's high. I went with Nick Chubb plus 1,800. I okay. think if you think the Browns are going to be good, Nick Chubb is going to be a big, big reason part why. part of that, yeah. Any of those jump out? Uh, I would say the uh, running back slash receiver for San Francisco. I mean, if he's taking the lion's share, like, I think people forget that he joined them after, or at the deadline. Yeah. And so, like, as long as he's healthy, you know, he's going to get tons of, of action. And, you know, maybe he'll throw another touchdown. Yeah. That'll, he can that'll do that, help. too. He was their quarterback in the... NFC Championship game. Him in the in the fullback use check. Thank God we got the, boy, the three boy. quarterback rule. Yep. Uh coach of the year, we have Mr. Biting Ankles, Dan Campbell, the favorite plus a thousand. Uh the Falcons, Arthur Smith and Sean Payton plus fourteen hundred. Uh Matt Eberflus with the Bears. Uh I can't remember which LaFleur is the Packers head coach. Robert Sala, all three of them are plus 1,600. Mike Tomlin, plus 1,800. And then we have Dennis Allen, Doug Peterson, Mike McDaniel, and Pete Carroll, plus 2,000. Oh, I like biting ankles, Campbell. <laughs> and then plus 1,000 for favorites, pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Um, again, there's teams that I like. And I think if the Bears are a playoff team, Matt Eberflus is a pretty yeah. good bet for that. For sure, yeah. Um, finally, we have uh, the quarterback of the year, otherwise known as the MVP, because yes, it's only it's quarterback. The same, yep. Patrick Mahomes, no surprise, plus 600. It's their favorite. Yep. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, plus 700. Justin Herbert, plus 900. Jalen Hurts, if again, if you're thinking there's no regression coming, yep. plus yep. 1,200. Finished second last year and right. like missed a couple games. Yeah. And then we have... Aaron Rodgers, Dak, Trevor Lawrence, and Tua all at plus sixteen hundred. Where where would you put your money? I'll go with Herbert. I went with Herbert too. <laughs> I just think there's there's potential for him. Again, if if the Chiefs, if their wide receivers aren't on the same page as Mahomes, this is Herbert's probably best chance to beat Mahomes. Right. Maybe not twice, but yeah, for the MVP games, but yeah, an award. Again, once you said the Hurts thing, like, yeah, if he doesn't regress, plus 1,200 is great odds for someone that could have won it last year. Yeah, for sure. Up until, like, week 15 or 16, I think he was the favorite. Well, and many people think he should have won the MVP of the Super Bowl, even though they lost. Yeah, I think he was the best Bad. player on the field. Yeah. And, yeah. and lost. That's crazy that that's the last time we watched football. Yeah. I mean, obviously, college start to, started as well. Right. Um, all right, now uh, back to everyone's favorite, my favorite from last year. I don't know what the the odds or uh, how much I won by, but it was too much. It was it was like San Francisco 49ers in their division. It was <laughs> you were resting people by week twelve. 
Yeah, that was really thanks to the the Seahawks were the reason I really won that yeah. for being the last pick and won more than what we thought. Yeah, made the playoffs. <laughs> not um, sure if they'd win a game. Since since I won last year, I will I will defer oh, the first pick. Losers to you. first. Losers first. So you get the first pick. So if anyone doesn't remember this from last year, um, we're gonna pick all thirty two teams based on how many wins we think they're gonna get. Right. All right, I might as well go with my Kansas City Chiefs, number one pick. Definitely not a bad pick. I will take the San Francisco 49ers. Okay, then I'll take your Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, that's... Um, you know what? Good, good regular season team. You can always rely on them. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. Wow. Okay, I'll take the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I will take. I will take your team. I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Oh, what am I going to do now? Then let's go Cincinnati Bengals. Mm, that was that was the team I was hoping would fall one more spot. Um. Have a lot of expectations for them. I should take the Los Angeles Chargers. Baltimore Ravens. Oh, man. Um so a lot of this is AFC heavy. Um <laughs> you know what I don't want to let them fall any further. I'll take the Cleveland Browns. Alright, I'll take the Detroit Lions. Um I will take their division rival of the Minnesota Vikings. Ooh, I was going to take them. Okay. Um, well, okay. I think we've just hit the <laughs> yeah. limit of the top. Now, now, we're, now, now you're just taking struggle. Take a swing. Oh, yeah. Uh, New York Giants. New York Giants. Uh, I will take the Miami Dolphins. And while I'm at it, I'll take the New York Jets. <sighs> America's Sweethearts. Yes. Um, I will take, oh, um, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that that early. Let's go for, I have all my, all the playoff team. Oh, uh, oh, took Minnesota. I can't, I can't bring myself to pick Atlanta. I'll, I'll take the New England Patriots. Oh, okay. Then I'll take Atlanta. Yeah, you can take Atlanta. Um, uh, I'll stick with overachieving AFC teams. I'll take the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, then uh, let's shoot back with the New Orleans Saints. Mm. Good to have, good to have both of them. Um, hey, you know what? I, I took a swing with them already. I will take the Chicago Bears. Okay, the Bears. Did you take the Patriots? I did take the Patriots. Okay. Uh, let's go with Tennessee. Tennessee Titans. I will take the Seattle Seahawks. I'll take them a little earlier this year. Okay, then I'll take... You do that, then I'll go with the Denver Broncos. The Broncos. <sighs> really, we're really starting to grasp at straws. You know what? I'll take, um, I'll take Green Bay. Then, uh, oh boy, let's go with the 
the Colts. Yeah, that's that's fair. I was gonna take whichever AFC South team you didn't take. I'll okay. take the Houston Texans. Yeah, mm. now we we have three picks left. What are the three teams left? Uh, well, we, there's six teams oh. left. We have Carolina left. Carolina's on the board. I'll take the Panthers of Carolina. Um, I will take. I think we only have like, I think there's only one AFC team left. Wow. Vegas, I'm not going to take them. I will take... Uh, I guess I'll take Washington. Okay. So our four teams left, we have Vegas, the Rams, Cardinals, and Tampa. I'll take Vegas. Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> wow, this is... This is not the fun. The fun part is definitely the beginning. Yeah. Um, Tampa, Arizona, and the Rams. I guess I'll take Tampa. So your Cardinals, Rams, and I get whatever's I'll left. Take the Rams. This is. I wanna. I'm gonna look back at last year because I'm pretty sure the Rams were like the second pick last year. Wow. So I get the Arizona Cardinals. That I'll run through the teams in a second. I just wanted to see. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we had Seattle and Atlanta. I think might have been our last two picks last year. <laughs> oh, I just saw it. 2022. Uh, yep, the Rams were the second pick. Wow. By you. I think you, yeah, you took Buffalo and the Rams who played in that first game. Right. Um, yeah, Atlanta, Seattle were my last two picks. Yours were Houston and Chicago. Hmm. Um. So yeah. Oh, the final score from last year was one fifty-five to one fourteen, which actually isn't as bad as it right. kind of looked throughout the year. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's run back through these teams. You took Kansas City, Philadelphia, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Detroit, both New York teams back to back. Atlanta, New Orleans, Tennessee, Denver, Indianapolis, Carolina, Las Vegas, and the Los Angeles Rams. Eek. <laughs> and then I have San Francisco, Buffalo, Dallas, the LA Chargers. Would you this is gonna be a weird trade off, or would you trade Baltimore for the Chargers? Uh, that's a tough one. That I hope those two teams play in the playoffs. That sounds like a really good game. That would be a very fun game. That might be like two co regular season MVPs battling each other at quarterback there. I wonder, do they play this year? I don't know. That'd be a fun, fun game. Uh, Char- Chargers, Cleveland, Minnesota, Miami, New England, Pittsburgh. Wow, that was like alphabetical for a few in a row. Uh, Chicago, Seattle, Green Bay, Houston, Washington, Tampa Bay, and the Arizona Cardinals. Wow. I have to say, I feel good up until New England. Maybe Pittsburgh. I guess Chicago, but like that bottom, like. Those bottom three, Washington, Tampa, Houston. Yeah. Those might be the bottom three teams in the league. Right. Um, all right. Wins draft done. I did exact records. All right. Now it is time for the playoffs. Already? We trying haven't to, even started week one Trying yet. to win a game. Playoffs? <laughs> Who was that? Jim, not Jim Irsay. Uh, another Jim? Yeah. Mora? Jim Mora? Jim Mora. Yeah. Head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I don't know. Do you want me to just... Do you know what your playoff? Uh, I do. I 
I don't recall them, but I do know who they are. All right. Um, so I have in the AFC, Kansas City is the one seed. Yeah. Cincinnati is the two seed. Yeah. Buffalo, Jacksonville to round out the division winners. Yeah. Then I have the Chargers, Ravens, and Browns in that order. Okay. And then on the other side, San Francisco, Philly, I flipped back and forth. They had the same record in, in my going through the schedule. Yep. I had San Francisco as the one seed, Philly as the two seed, Minnesota, Atlanta to finish off the division winners. And then Detroit, Dallas, and the Chicago Bears. Right. So I would have in the AFC pretty much the same, except I wouldn't have the Browns. I would probably put in the Jets possibly there. And then in the NFC, I would have the Lions winning the division. Would you still have Minnesota? Yeah, as a wild card. And then Bears or Saints? Wow. Yeah, I guess I'd say the Giants. I'm going to throw the Giants in there. Okay. I think they're better than the Saints or the Bears. I, I probably but they're, are. It's close. Yeah. Right? It's like they're all, I just see those teams as 9 and 8, 8 and 9, or 8, <laughs> 8 and 1. Like they're just. That is, like for me, it's mm. Chicago, the Giants, the Seahawks, and the Saints are all that 9 and 8, 8 and 9 teams. Gotcha. Um, I, I would. I mean, I'll mention that I have the Browns upsetting Cincinnati in the playoffs. Wow. Which I think it's pretty fun. So they would play the Chiefs, who they would lose to. Uh, Chiefs-Bills, AFC Championship game. Wow. A little boring on the NFC side. San Francisco-Philadelphia, again. Right, but a better game. Better game, different quarterbacks. Think, yeah, I th- yeah. I think having Purdy instead of McCaffrey as your starting quarterback will make a huge difference. Uh, and then my Super Bowl matchup is the Buffalo Bills versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow, interesting. I, you know who I'm going to pick? I'm going to go with Chris Berman's pick. He always picked the Buffalo Bills against the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. Never happened. This year it will. Okay, the Chris Berman pick. And yep. the Super Bowl champions, our, our pick aside for, for this week? Uh, I'll go with the 49ers. The funny thing is, I'm I'm also going to NFC. I think the Philadelphia Eagles wow. off a of Super Bowl hangover. I, this that doesn't might sound be like the first ever. Uh, the Patriots did it a few years ago. Okay. after they lost to the Eagles, actually. Ah, wow. I think that's I think that's the Falcons' year. I don't, don't remember. I don't remember <laughs> that. I don't remember details. They yeah, they were up twenty eight to three and they lost. Should have turned off the TV <laughs> then. Um, is that oh. I was about to say, is that it? But we have week one guest the Lions. Again, these Lions coming courtesy of FanDuel. Uh, we stole this from Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal, who've been doing this for 17 years now. Wow. Um, this is year like three for us. So a couple years behind. Uh, we're going to start. We get our Th- Thursday night. Who's the, who's the defending champion? I, I guess get- the Lions. Yeah, no idea. No idea. Okay. Um, our Thursday night game, we have... The Detroit Lions at the Kansas City Chiefs. Ah, boy. I will say they probably have the Chiefs as seven and a half point favorites. Uh, I had four and a half, and it is five and a half. Oh. So I, I steal that one. I was thinking that there had been so much buzz with the Lions that that line would have just kept going down. Right. 
If it was seven and a half, I would have one hundred percent taken the Lions. I yeah. think I would still lean Lions though in really, terms yeah. of the spread. I think I'll take the Chiefs. At five and a half? Yeah. Even with the questionable Travis Kelsey? Yeah, there's just still too much firepower there. Uh, we go to Sunday, the early window, eight games. Uh, we start with possibly one of the worst games of the year already. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals at the Washington Commanders. I guess for me, no matter what, I, I get a win out of that. There you go. I'll take the Commanders uh, probably are favored by two and a half. Uh, see, I said I said five and a half. It's seven. Wow. A full seven points. I think the Cardinals like, are bad. I don't know if they're that bad. Right. Like, that'll be the the biggest spread Washington gets this year. I, I think bet. it's I think it's the only time they're a favorite so right. far. Okay. Uh, next up, we have Baker and the Tampa Bay Bucks going to Minnesota to face the Vikings. Oh, boy. Um, I'll say uh, the Vikings are favored by seven and a half. I said eight and a half. You're going to steal this one. It's six. Oh. I feel like, I mean, it's week one. They're going to be wonky lines. Yeah. It feels a little I'll, low. Yeah, I'll take Minnesota there for sure then. You're going to give me six, only six. I like, uh, I'll, I probably, I would probably take Washington. Or no, uh, take Arizona at plus seven. Right. That might be the only time they're close in a game. Um, Yeah, six. I, I would go Minnesota. I yeah. think even if you want to. Uh, not that I'm a big like tease person, but like if you right. bring them down to three, yeah, I don't think that's a, a bad move either. Uh, next up, we have C.J. Stroud's NFL debut as the Texans are going to Baltimore. Oh, I will say they will have Baltimore as eight and a half point favorites. Yep, I said seven and a half. It's ten. Wow, double double digits for Lamar coming back. Right. Uh, so far, through four games, tied at two. Mm. Uh, next up, we have divisional matchup. The Jacksonville Jaguars going to Indianapolis to face the Colts. Uh, I'll say they'll have Jacksonville as four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. And you hit that exactly. I said three-and-a-half. I just didn't know if there would be some hesitancy. Right. But I guess without Jonathan Taylor, yeah. what's the – Yeah. Four and a, I've Again, any divisional game, especially a bad division, just kind of scares me. I would yeah, still take the Jags. Especially on the road, right? Like, it's it's tough, but yeah. Uh, next up, I think this is going to be like the sneaky, might be the best game of the week. We have San Francisco at Pittsburgh. Mm, interesting. Um, since it's, I'll say San Fran. They probably have them as five and a half point favorites. And they, they have a little more little more respect for the Steelers. Yeah. I said two and a half. It's exactly two and a half. Wow. I, again, Nick Bosa's coming. I, let's let's do this again. Let's look and see, does Nick Bosa affect a point spread like that? Because right. if he's the best player in football, you'd think he would be worth a little something. Yeah. Um, it's still two and a half. I mean, they could obviously update right. it throughout, but I just, if, if you know he's coming back, I've, I'm okay giving the two and a half. I like Sam Fran there. Uh, next up, we have the Tennessee Titans at the New Orleans Saints. Hmm, uh, they probably have the Saints as two and a half point favorites, and I'll take Tennessee. I had the exact same line. They gave the Saints the full three. Wow. But I'm I'm with you there. Tennessee, yeah. I think they're... They're the surprise team out of week one. Right. I think everyone's going to go, oh, okay, DeAndre Hopkins looks good, and they're rushing attack yeah. and catch the Saints off guard. Right. 
Uh, next up, we have the Carolina Panthers against the potential NFC South champion Atlanta Falcons. Wow. I'm going to say they probably have the Falcons as three-and-a-half-point favorites. Yep, I said the same thing. That is the exact line. Yes. Um, I, I know this isn't going to make sense. I would take Carolina on against the spread. I think this is a field goal game. I don't oh care. Boy. I think these are yeah, you said they're not going to be. I think these yeah. are the same. Well, I'm, I'm not saying that they're, they're I just think yeah, they it's not going to be a last second field goal. They'll probably win 17-14. <laughs> there you go. Just covers the right. covers the spread. There you go. <laughs> uh next up another divisional matchup, the Cincinnati Bengals uh staying in the state going to Cleveland to face the Browns. Wow. Um I'll say they have Cincinnati as three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, point too high. I said two-and-a-half. It is exactly two-and-a-half. Mm. The perfect spread for a game like this, because, again, if you like, I think the Browns are going to be good, so my right. mind tells me take the Browns. Right. They so might you, send some shockwaves to Joe Burrow. Yeah, I'm thinking Cincinnati, but you're right. Yeah, there's gonna, always that, oh, why would I pick them? Yeah, definitely not, not an eliminator pick. Let's, right. Let's just try to get yeah. through week one. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have the Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Wow. I'll say they have uh, Seattle favorite is three and a half point favorites. Uh, I said five and a half, and it is exactly five and a half. Wow. I just, I mean, again, maybe the Rams have some kind of rejuvenation in no. them. No. But the Seahawks are still going to be fine. Like, they're going to be fine against bad teams. Yeah. That's how they're going to win eight games. They're, I was going to say how they're going to win six. <laughs> uh, next up, another divisional matchup. We have the Las Vegas Raiders at Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Wow. This is used to be a like a marquee matchup. Uh, I'll say they have Denver as three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I also said three-and-a-half. Again, give them... Give the team the half point this week. It's uh, Denver by four. Wow. So that is our our third tie. Currently four to three to three for me. Wow. Uh, next up, we have Philadelphia going to New England for Tom. For some reason, this is Tom Brady's. Uh, I don't know if they're retiring his jersey or just honoring oh, him. Okay. But Tom Brady's going to be at this game. Uh, Philadelphia at New England. I'll say they have the Eagles as four and a half point favorites. That uh, is another tie in the books. I also said four and a half, and again, flat number. They just went with four. Ah, oh. I think I think they're scared of the Patriots. Yeah, and I think it's just because there's people like Bill Simmons out there who just really believe in Mac Jones this year. <laughs> and you know what? I'm ready for him to prove me wrong. Right. Uh, next up, we have the Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears. Wow. I'm going to say they probably have the Bears favored by one and a half. And you hit that exactly. I don't know why. I guess it's just I still have Aaron Rodgers in my mind. Yeah. I had the Packers by one and a half. Wow. But I, if if I'm going to pick the Bears this year, I got to pick them in week one. Right. Like one and a half. Like Again, it's one of those like, oh, how could you be scared of a one and a half point spread? Right. Because they could just win by one. Yeah. Last second field goal. Yeah. No, no double doinks this year. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Tua versus Justin Herbert, the Dolphins at the chart, the Chargers. 
I'll say they have the Chargers favored by two and a half. Uh, this might be a record for ties. I oh. also said two and a half, and they just keep adding the half point. Oh. Chargers by three. Oh, boy. I think I like the Dolphins plus three. Yeah. I think I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's, again, it's less than a field goal game. Right. On it's the road. Probably not going to be as high scoring as everyone would expect it to be. Right. Would be my guess. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm good with, like, a Dolphin dolphin cover Charger win. Okay. That's that's how it looks in, in my books. Uh. Sunday night, we got the Dallas Cowboys going to New York to face the Giants. Mm, also, they probably have the Cowboys favored by two and a half. Uh, sometimes, you know, we make bad guesses. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like I thought the Giants would be favored. Yeah. I had the Giants by one and a half. Okay. Uh, it is the Cowboys by three and a half. So okay. you get that going into. Oh, I think I might have messed up my math. Yeah, I think we're tied now. Four, four, and four. <laughs> uh, it is. Let me go back and make sure I got these. Uh, all right, I got that one too. Baltimore was you. Uh, Jacksonville, Indy was you. You hit that exactly. San Francisco, Pittsburgh was me. Tennessee, New Orleans was a tie. Carolina, Atlanta was a tie. Cincinnati, Cleveland was me. L.A. Rams, Seattle was me. Las Vegas, Denver tie. Philly, New England tie. Uh, I feel like I'm missing. I'm definitely not missing a game. Oh, wait. 5, 10, 14. No, 14. All right, we're going to do the last game, and then I'm going to do this math. Because right now I have it. You're up 5-4 with five ties. Okay. Uh, we have the Buffalo Bills going to New York to face the Jets. I'm going to say they have the Bills favored by two. <laughs> uh, the one time you don't need the half point, it's uh, two and a half. Again, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I thought there would be so much hard knocks <laughs> hype that I had the Jets by one and a half. Oh. Uh, I mean, I guess no matter what math I do, you you do win. Uh, you're right. And if there was a tiebreaker, I would say I would win it because you picked three teams that you had. <laughs> you picked the spread for the wrong winning team. Yeah, yeah both New York so, teams and Chicago. You outright lost everything. You didn't pick the right team or the spread. Uh, yeah. So six, six, four, five. Even though there's a game, there's right. a game That's somewhere missing. Not a not a bad first week um all right any any parting nfl thoughts any any wisdom before the season starts no let's just let's play some football <laughs> time to start betting fan duel get excited because i'm ready to bet i'm up big <laughs> uh so yeah that uh that is all we've got for this one get ready for oh i got my sorry oh you have bad good and I, great i got a little bit okay Knowing that it's been like 72 hours since we... I know, I don't have a lot, but uh, bad. Uh, NCAA football, week zero and week one. Can we please get just get to the 30 teams? Because I'm sick and tired of watching Tennessee State lose 73 to 10. And the coach is like crying on the sidelines. It's just, yeah, like enough of these games. Just get this so 
we can have some good football right from week zero. Then we don't have to call it week zero anymore. Even like the game that Come was on. supposed to be good, like FSU blows out LSU. Yeah, well, it was it was actually a pretty good game. Uh, it wasn't a blowout. It, wasn't it, it 24, 45, 24 or something? 42-17. But, I mean, they scored a couple touchdowns at the end. It, it was actually a pretty good game, uh, to be honest. Um, uh, on the good side, the NCAA made a rule change, so there, there's no stoppage on first downs now, so it kind of speeds up the game. But they do stop it in the last three minutes. So teams don't have to call a timeout. So if you get a first down with two minutes, 59 seconds left, they stop the clock. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a instead of like with five minutes to go in the first quarter and you get a first down, I don't think they need any more time. They're already playing quick, most of these teams anyway. Yeah, so. it's all no huddle. Yeah. So I always found the NCAA game usually would take an extra 15 minutes compared to an NFL game. So I think it's for the better. Um. And then also uh, just a, a rule update from the U.S. Open. Uh, there you can challenge, but uh, just for uh, non-ups. So if there's a double bounce, basically, because that does happen the odd time. So I, I don't know why they never had this in before. Um, <laughs> sorry, I got to add one more bad is uh, Yelena Ostapenko. Every time she thinks there's a ball in, she wants the challenge which is not really a challenge. It's just a replay to show that the ball was out. And she gets mad and she just yells at her box. Actually, Djokovic was so mad in his last match, he ordered two people in the box. They weren't sure who they were. He ordered them out of the box. Wow. So they had to leave. And then Ostapenko, actually, in one of her earlier matches wanted her coach sitting in a specific seat so she was telling him to move over one <laughs> it was unbelievable and then yeah so i guess they're very very superstitious which is again not very surprising um and then on the uh great side uh i had florida state lsu it was actually a very very entertaining game but the best game of the weekend is was the uh free agent Colorado Buffaloes upsetting the national champion losers from TCU 45-42 which was by far the best game and this is so great because now I can watch every single game with our I won't mention the name because they don't sponsor us or anything yep. but, um, by far the best game and I, I'm going to oh, I got to pull up the, where am I going to get the stat from oh I got to pull up from the game um, so, so there was some stats that was, it blew me away, um, in this Colorado game. Let's see if I can open it up here because I couldn't, uh, sorry, come on. I just had it on the right spot. Um, so the quarterback for Colorado, why is this not opening for me now? Okay. Anyway. The starting quarterback for um, Colorado, which is um, Coach Prime, which is what they call him now, yep. um, his son, uh, threw for over 500 yards and four touchdowns and no interceptions. And their leading receiver, I believe his last name is Hunter. Travis Hunter. This kid is unbelievable. He plays offense and defense. He played over 100 snaps and dominated on 
both sides of the ball. He had 119 yards uh, ca- uh, receiving with a touchdown. And he had, like, I'm not even sure. He may have had an interception. Yeah, in he game. had a diving interception. It, it was, like, they couldn't believe how in shape this kid was because, you know, you, you know, usually got to take plays off. It was um, he. It might have been 110 plays that this guy was in. It was incredible. Yeah, the the especially the the speech, the pregame speech that Deion Sanders gave. Like you know, he's he is a leader of men, and like this Colorado team has to be the best best story of college football. I don't even care who wins the national championship. I I really didn't think they would do well for a couple of reasons one this colorado buffaloes team has been non-existent since 2002 and the only reason why i know that is um the play-by-play guy for espn the main guy who also does tennis chris uh, chris fowler he is a colorado buffalo so oh. the color commentator who also does monday night football or sunday night football with uh, uh kirk, kirk herb street yes he was making fun of him saying like we haven't seen, said the name colorado buffaloes since 2002 <laughs> and he was trying to defend it saying wow they were not bad like during the covid year and he was like what covid like but anyway yeah it, i think it's just amazing because i didn't think they would do well at all because their entire roster are free agents like yeah. there was none of these players that were so is this like the like this could get crazy like if if they're successful like this what are we the calling portal. it the portal which is basically free agents next year if colorado does well like all teams might go crazy like or players like i want to go here i want to go like it's already like that now but what happens if these guys are really that successful i think it's great i'm cheering for them i i, I want them to it's kind of i always try and cheer for a different college football team every year because i have my gators but they're going to be terrible this year i'm going to cheer for colorado buffaloes they're, they're exciting to watch so anyway that was my great nice um i'll throw in another great uh back to college football uh the duke quarterback after beating clemson asked his professor for an extension and the professor made a video and said like hey like great win so proud of you guys but they're the offensive lineman is also in the class that he's in and he's like those guys prepared ahead of time and had the project done so no extension wow and i'm like that's great first of all like for the biggest win of your life like you're still a student athlete that's right. still a part of your thing and right. good on the professor of yeah. like the rest of your teammates were right. able to get this project done and then you couldn't so yeah even though your playbook's probably way bigger than your uh teammates but yeah oh that's pretty neat uh and it's duke which is one of the best schools in the country right on top of uh, being pretty good at sports right yeah and not necessarily football but they seem to be coming around now uh, in terms of getting just like kind of like um, North Carolina, yeah. Who that that was another really good game, by the way, uh, against South Carolina. The score didn't really indicate that, but um, on paper they were saying this is was probably the best quarterback matchup that you're going to see this year between those two guys. Oh yeah, Rattler and uh, yeah May Drake May. May. Yeah, exactly. And it, it they both performed well. So, yeah, that was a good game. So, I'm just, yeah, I got caught up on my college football just before the podcast. So, I watched the LSU-Florida State game at the gym. And so, now I'm caught up on my football and ready for week. Is it going to be week two or do they call it week three now? I don't know. 
And I guess it's technically week two. Right. Even though it's the third week. week. Yeah. College football. At least now we're getting into better games, though. It's Alabama, Texas. There's a preview for this week. That'll be a good game. Wait, like they're we play this playing? Saturday. Yeah. Oh. So now, that's what I mean. Like, why wait the week zero and, like, get rid of those? Like, I don't understand even why does Middle Tennessee get to play Alabama? It doesn't make sense to me. Like, it, it, it's like a freebie for, like, might as well just have practice. Right? I mean, it's pretty much just because I, I'm not just saying this because it was my team, but when Appalachian State beat Michigan, wow, that's that's why these games exist. Yes. So once every 15 years, an Appalachian State will beat a top 10 team once every 15 years. It's just not worth it. You know what I mean? Like, if that's all you remember, because I don't remember another, you know, like Duke beating. Yeah, maybe 15 years ago, Duke beating Clemson. But realistically, they're not that far off. Yeah, like Clemson's dropped way off, and Duke is like a decent football. It's not just basketball for the Blue Devils now in Duke. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that is, that is it for this one. I don't know what our, our football season schedule is going to be, but we will we'll figure that out. And besides that, we will see you next time.